Welcome to the Mariners Cast, presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is Wednesday, August 30th. The Mariners lost last night to the Oakland Athletics 3-1. to On today's Mariners cast, uh, we will review the standings as always. There are quite a few injuries and players that were out uh, in last night's game. We will update you on um, their status. We will recap last night's game quickly. There's not a whole lot to talk about. And uh, we will run through individually the players that were placed on waivers by uh, other teams, primarily salary dumps yesterday. There were some pretty shocking players placed on waivers, players that uh, had just recently been traded for, um, specifically uh, Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez that were acquired by the uh, Los Angeles Angels. They were placed on waivers. We'll dive a little bit into those players and see if they are fits with the Mariners. The Mariners are second to last on the waiver wire, I believe, which um, means that they would be, those players would be up for waiver claims to all of the teams in front of them first. So not likely that most of the, most of the big names on this list would reach the Mariners, but um, there is a chance. So we'll go over those players and then we'll uh, cover this afternoon's pitching matchup which is Zach Neal, uh, journeyman right-hander going for the Oakland Athletics versus Bryce Miller. So the Mariners are in a three-way tie for first place in the AL West uh, with the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros. All three teams are also tied for the second and third wildcard spots. All three teams are 75 and 57. Uh, The Mariners have an 84.5% chance to make the playoffs according to ESPN, um, and all three teams are five and a half games behind Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay is the top wildcard team. So it's coming down to the wire. All three teams are going to fight it out. Mariners need to make hay uh, with the Oakland Oakland Athletics today and then uh, against the New York Mets on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So leading up to yesterday's game, right before the game, uh, we received news that Julio Rodriguez was scratched from the lineup. Uh, we later found out that it was a nerve issue in his left foot. He is feeling better today after treatment on that left foot, uh, but he is not in the lineup today against the A's. Uh, this could change leading up to game time, but as of right now, he is on the bench resting that foot. The Mariners do have a day off tomorrow on Thursday. It's a travel day to New York. Uh, if it's me, whether Julio feels like he can play today or not, what's important is that he plays down the stretch and into the playoffs. I would rest him today. I would rest him tomorrow, bring him back Friday in New York. Um, a hundred percent. Ty France, uh, was hit on the left wrist on a pickoff attempt to first base by Luke Weaver last night. He was removed from that game. Uh, he is in the lineup for tonight or this afternoon's game, so didn't look to be a big deal, uh, which is a good thing. Ty France's OPS in August is 868. Uh, he has been one of the players really carrying the Mariners' offense, so he's a welcome addition to today's lineup. 
there was a little worry uh, after he was taken out of yesterday's game that it might be more serious. George Kirby was scheduled to start last night's game. He was scratched as lineups came out. Um, the only thing the Mariners said that was that it was an illness and that he is expected to take a turn in the rotation against the Mets uh, this weekend. I would assume that the Mariners would try to uh, kind of line up their rotation for down the stretch. I'm not sure how they see uh, their rotation optimally, but um, we will see what they decide to do uh, with the rotation. Maybe it's so Logan Gilbert as of right now is supposed to start Friday. Maybe you see Kirby go Friday, Gilbert Saturday um, in order to, uh, in order to kind of give each pitcher an extra day of rest. Uh, Castillo was scheduled to go Saturday and Brian Wu Sunday. That would also give Brian Wu an extra day rest. So that would be my assumption is that you would see uh, either Kirby go in his normal spot on Sunday behind Castillo or potentially Friday giving Gilbert and Castillo a day of rest. Then finally, uh, J.P. Crawford had a really awkward slide into second base last night. He looked to be um, in some pain. He said after the game that he was fine. Uh, so he is also back in the lineup um, for this afternoon's game. So the only real concern was would be Julio. Uh, the assumption is that he's back Friday. But, um, you know, with these things, especially as vague as the Mariners are, um, you never know. So that's the injury update from last night uh, on Twitter. The sky was falling as players were were being scratched and coming out of the game. Um, but I think all in all, it's pretty good news for those four players moving forward. So as I said, the Mariners lost 3-0. Uh, the Mariners only scratched out four hits. They did have six walks. Um, Mariners were facing Ken Waldachuk, who, as I said, has very good stuff but you would have expected them to score more than one run against Ken Waldachuk. J.P. Crawford went one for three, but he also had two walks. Uh, he did his job. Taylor Hernandez went one for three with um, one for three with a run, but the only other hits were Mike Ford, the injury replacement for Ty France had a hit, and uh, Josh Rojas had a hit in the ninth. Everyone else went hitless. Uh, as I said, or I've said a ton, you know, this offense goes as Julio goes. And when Julio is not in the lineup, this looks like a bottom five offense in the, in Major League Baseball. Coming into this series, the Mariners were ninth in offense in all of baseball as far as runs scored per game. So he makes that much of a difference. His presence does. You've got hitters hitting kind of out of um, out of place in the lineup. Uh, because he's not there, he link obviously lengthens the lineup. He's the one hitter that really does strike fear in the other team, and you could see it. I, I do think that there was quite a letdown, um, given the run that they've been on, to come into this game seeing both George Kirby and Julio Rodriguez scratched from the lineup. Um, it would be expected that the team w wouldn't perform as well. I would expect the energy to be pretty low. Uh, and that's, that is what we saw in this game. So the Mariners instead um, started Luke Weaver. We talked about Luke Weaver at length on the Mariners cast. He did not pitch very well. Three and two thirds innings, seven hits, uh, three runs. All three were earned. 
no walk or no walks, no strikeouts. He surrendered two home runs. Isaiah Campbell pitched a scoreless one in the third inning. Matt Brash came in for an inning. Ty, uh, Trent Thornton pitched two innings, and Taylor Saucedo pitched uh, the top of the ninth. All four of the relievers pitched scoreless um, scoreless outings. Uh, that's a good sign. Matt Brash was uh, through 15 sliders and three fastballs. His velocity was down on both pitches, 1.4 miles an hour on the slider and 0.3 miles an hour on the four-seamer. Spin was also down, um, but he pitched a scoreless inning, so he could be ramping back up. I found it very interesting he threw as many sliders as he did. Um, I'm still worried about his his health and his endurance a bit, but a scoreless inning is hard to um, hard to criticize. And he did get four whiffs on eight swings, three whiffs on seven slider swings. So that also is a very good result. Luke Weaver, on the other hand, uh, he threw 54 four seamers, same mix as as we've seen. Mariners eliminated the curve in the slider from his repertoire, uh, but he led with the fastball, 38 fastballs. He threw 14 change-ups, which I feel is his best pitch, 10 cutters and eight sweepers. When he struck out five in two innings against the White Sox in his debut for the Mariners, he led with the cutter. But since then, he has not led with the cutter. I do. I wonder what the Mariners' thinking is in having him throw so many four-seamers versus that cutter that was so effective in the first outing. He made two pretty big mistakes in this game. Uh, Seth Brown hit a home run in the first. It was a solo home run, uh, but it came off of a sweeper. And again, I sound like a broken record, but when you throw a an average sweeper and even a good sweeper to a left-handed batter from a right-handed pitcher, and your name is not Shohei Otani, you're not going to get good results. And so Luke Weaver throws a sweeper that is a very hittable pitch to a left-handed hitting Seth Brown, and he hit it out. The sillier thing about this pitch was it was in a one-two count, and it was it was located middle-middle. You know, why aren't you throwing a, fa- a forcing fastball up? Why aren't you throwing a cutter that starts in the inside of the plate and and becomes a ball, right? I think that there are so many different ways that uh, Luke Weaver could have approached this one-two count, and instead he threw him a meatball on a pitch that I don't think he should be throwing to left-handers. Luke Weaver also surrendered a home run. This was a two-run homer to uh, Shea Langoliers, the athletics catcher in the second inning. And in this Langoliers at bat, it was a homer on the sixth pitch, but it was a fastball that was center cut. And all six pitches to Langoliers were hard. It was fastball, cutter at 91, fastball, fastball, cutter at 91, fastball. Um, I assume, I didn't look it up, but I assume that Langoliers hits breaking stuff better. Um, and they felt like they needed to throw hard stuff to him. But, you know, when you throw six straight pitches in the same velocity band, this is what happens. And so those were the two big mistakes. He, that fastball, the sixth pitch, two Langoliers was uh, center cut. And the one-two sweeper that he threw to Seth Brown, middle-middle, those are silly pitches, and those that's where the three runs came from. Um, 
he did have a really beautiful uh, play in the field on a ground ball, like a really slow grounder that Brent Rooker hit that was uh, kind of towards shortstop, but too slow for the shortstop where he slid, grabbed the ball, kind of popped up and off balance threw Rooker out at first base. One of the, one of the better plays you'll see from a starting pitcher. So Mariners give up three runs. Uh, Luke, Luke Weaver gives up those three runs in three and two thirds innings. And really that was the game. Uh, the Mariners scored one run in the bottom of the fourth and that was it. Very low energy game. Uh, I think there was obviously a letdown with uh, Julio and uh, George Kirby not in the lineup and all of this intensity and excitement, you know, for the last month or so um, to be, I guess, to be understood that they're going to have a game like this. You would have hoped to have seen a different result, but uh, I do think it's excusable. So moving on to the uh, players that were placed on waivers by other teams. As I said, these players go through the waiver process where uh, kind of worst team gets first waiver claim. If you claim this player as a team, you are responsible for the remainder of this player's contract, salary, and years. And so it's a way to uh, dump salary if uh, it's a player that you don't want to keep. Um, Previously, these were called revocable or irrevocable waivers. So if a player was placed on revocable waivers, you could pull him back if you didn't want him to go to a specific team. Irrevocable waivers meant you couldn't pull him back. They got rid of the revocable portion of it. And now a player that is placed on waivers, if he is claimed, is then the property of the player claiming him. So some of the players that were placed on waivers, Mike Clevenger, the starting pitcher that the Mariners just saw, um, for the Chicago White Sox, Harrison Bader, center fielder for the New York Yankees, was placed on waivers. Jose Cisnero, who is a relief pitcher for the Tigers. Lucas Giolito, the right-handed starting pitcher who was dealt from the Chicago White Sox to the Angels in the attempt to push for the wild card and impress Shohei Otani. Hunter Renfro, right-handed hitting outfielder for the Angels, Randall Grichuk, right-handed hitting outfielder acquired by the Angels from the Rockies at the deadline. Left-handed relief pitcher Matt Moore, Anaheim Angels, um, right-handed relief pitcher Reynaldo Lopez, who was acquired in the Giolito trade, and then Dominic Leone, also right-handed relief pitcher on the Angels. So lots of relief pitchers, a couple of right-handed hitting outfielders, couple of starting pitchers. Let's start with the starting pitchers. What I want to talk about is the fit with the Mariners for one, what role would they play? And two, who would they replace? I would expect if the Mariners did place a claim on a starting pitcher, it would be to replace Brian Wu. Uh, Brian Wu has is pretty much up against his his innings limit. Um, if you take kind of the conventional formula for a player coming off of injury and the number of uh, innings that he threw in the minor leagues last season, they're going to need to replace him in some form. It was why Emerson Hancock was brought up to extend the Mariners' rotation to, to six pitchers. 
This pitcher would be needed to get the Mariners into the playoffs, but probably would not start in the playoffs themselves. So Mike Clevenger is the first one. He he is a free agent in 2020. Well, he has a buyout, a mutual option and a buyout for 2024. So it would cost the Mariners. I don't know what the buyout is. I believe it's $4 million, but it would cost the Mariners the buyout in 24 unless they wanted to keep him. Uh, so far this season, Clevenger is six and six with a three three two ERA and a one two three WHIP. His expected ERA, according to Fangraphs, is four point two two. So I wouldn't get too excited about the ERA. Ninety seven and two thirds innings, nine point just above a nine percent walk rate, just below a twenty one percent K rate, swinging strike rate of nine point five percent. So really, he would be there to get you through five six innings type of pitcher you would expect five or six innings from probably three runs uh surrendered not going to be dominant but a veteran um he's also been quite outspoken at times uh during his career and in the clubhouse and you would wonder how that would fit uh in this current Mariners clubhouse I think given their their run over the last couple of months and the positivity I think you do want to think about uh who you would bring into this clubhouse um Clevenger, for me, I, I wouldn't always make decisions based on that if I was the GM, but I do think it's something to consider. Uh, Clevenger's not, upside is not that of, it's not worth the risk in my opinion. The second one is Lucas Giolito. Previously, the number one starter for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, he is a free agent in 2024. Um, obviously, he was traded to the Angels. He was not what the Angels had hoped. Uh, on the year seven and 11 with a four, four, five ERA and a one, two, eight whip, he has struck out 167 bat or 65 batters in 153 and two thirds innings. That is good for a 25.2% K rate is a very good K rate from a starting pitcher. Uh, walk rate is 87 point or 8.7% swinging strike rate, 12.2%. His zone contact rate is below league average. His whiff rate is way above league average. I think there's a lot to work with. Um, with Lucas Giolito, Lucas Giolito, I don't think he was utilized correctly all the time uh, by uh, the White Sox or the Angels. I don't know what that tweak would be, but you've got a lot of good stuff in those numbers. High swinging strike rate, high whiff rate, good K rate. Um, I know he's played with his pitch mix a ton. He's led with the four-seamer this season. Uh, four-seamer has a 20% whiff rate. He's thrown a lot of sliders, primarily to right-handers. 35.6% whiff rate on that slider. Change-up, he's thrown more to lefties, but really he's thrown a lot of change-ups to both. 25% usage. 36% whiff rate on that change-up. And then a few curveballs to lefties. So there's a good arm there. He tops out at about 94, um, but there's a good arm with an effective slider and an effective changeup. In my mind, if you're picking him up and say he even takes the the roster spot of Luke Weaver and you decide that you want to use Brian Wu's final innings maybe in the Luke Weaver role, you've you've acquired talent in that situation. Giolito has, as I said, there's a lot of really good clay to work with here. 
Um, it's primarily the slider and changeup are very good pitches. Uh, I trust the Mariners pitching, you know, tweaking and, and smarts and development, as I've said. I don't think he's making it to the Mariners. I do think Giolito is going to be picked up by someone very quickly. But he is a pitcher that I would love to see on this team. Um, those are the two starters that were that are on waivers. I again, I'd be a no on Clevenger, a yes on Giolito. I do think Wu would it would be Brian Wu Insurance. Um, if Giolito was picked up, my guess would be that Giolito would slide right into Wu's slot in the starting rotation as soon as Wu was uh, at his limit. Relief pitcher-wise, the Mariners, the back end of the Mariners rotation currently is Weaver, Thornton, Isaiah Campbell, Taylor Saucedo. I think if the Mariners were to pick up a reliever, you would see either Saucedo or Isaiah Campbell sent down to the minors. Um, I don't believe Weaver or Thornton has uh, can be sent down without putting them on waivers. I'd have to double check. But any of those four, I think, are replaceable if you feel like you have a more talented, better reliever to replace them. Um, Salcedo's on that list, not because of performance, but because Matt Moore, one of the relievers available, is a lefty, and he's pitched really well this season, 3-1 and one with a 2.30 ERA and a 0.98 whip, 27.8% strikeout rate. 7.1% walk rate, 13.3% swinging strike rate. Uh, whiff rates over 30% on the changeup and the curveball, 25% whiff rate on the four seamer. Just, he's been really good. Um, Saucedo has been good. Matt Moore is better. Matt Moore is closer to um, Gabe Spire as far as performance goes, and I think would be a worthy claim. Uh, right handed wise, again, Take your pick, Campbell, Thornton, Weaver, whichever one the Mariners decide would be the one to go down. Jose Cisnero, right-handed, uh, hard-throwing reliever for the Tigers, has been better in the past, 2-4 and four with a 5-3-6 ERA this season and a 1-5-0 whip. He has struck out 56 in 48 and two-thirds innings. Um, really low left on base percentage, so... He has let let a lot of run, inherited runners score um, and a lot of runners that he's let on score and a really high Babbitt. So there's been some a lack of luck there. He also has an 87th percentile fastball spin. And so, as you know, Mariners are looking for one or two dynamite pitches that they can really mold in these uh, waiver claims. That is something they've looked for. A sub 80% zone contact rate. So it's harder to hit him in the zone. The other crazy thing is he's thrown five pitches at least. So he's thrown 77 changeups, and that's the lowest um, usage pitch. But he's thrown five pitches as a reliever. We all know what the Mariners do with those dudes, right? They take them. They say, all right, you're going to cut the two pitches that we feel are your worst pitches. We're going to leave you with three, and we're going to go from there. For him, when you look at it, the changeup has a high whiff rate, um, but he hasn't thrown it much. And it doesn't look like a pitch he's really confident in. His sinker has a below 10% whiff rate and is surrendering a 472 batting average. 
even the XBA on the on the sinker is 337. So you get rid of the sinker. Maybe you get rid of the changeup. He also is throwing a slider and a cutter. Maybe that becomes one pitch. And then the 96-mile-an-hour four-seamer. I think you've got something to work with if you can get him to pare down his his pitch mix. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez, 2-7 and seven with a 3.86 ERA and a 1.34 whip. He was a part of that trade with Lucas Giolito going to the Angels. 75.2% zone contact rate is very low. Very clearly hard to hit him in the zone. A 31% whiff rate. So super high swing and miss. Um, there's a lot there, right? 98 mile an hour average on the four seamer. Four seamer has a 28% whiff rate. 88 mile an hour slider, 39% whiff rate on that pitch. He's throwing a couple of change ups, a couple of curveballs to lefties, but very good reliever. Give me some Ronaldo Lopez, especially with the Mariners coaches. See what he can do. I think he will be gone before the Mariners uh, could claim him as well. And then the last reliever to speak of is Dominic Leone, former Mariner a long time ago. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about. Um, 4.64 ERA, 1.41 whip, 44 strikeouts in 42 and two-thirds innings. But a 15.7% swinging strike rate, which is elite and a 33.5% whiff rate, which is also very, very good. Uh, he gets hitters to chase. They don't make contact when they chase. He throws uh, lots of first pitch strikes, 82nd percentile forcing fastball spin, 49% whiff rate on the slider. So again, lots to work with with Leon. Um, you would take him over Weaver, Thornton, Campbell, those guys uh, anytime. So there's some relievers out there. Certainly Giolito is a good pickup. And then the outfielders. There are three outfielders on waivers currently who are right-handed, who hit left-handers pretty well. Um, that I find interesting. I don't know if these are players you would want to bring in. I believe that they would replace one of, if we, if the Mariners brought one in, they would replace one of Cade Marlowe, Jose Caballero, or Dominic Canzone. If it was Canzone or Marlowe, this would coincide with bringing Jared Kelnick back, who has started uh his rehab stint in AAA. Uh, you could also bring one of those guys in for Caballero if you uh, made Dylan Moore that utility, right-handed hitting utility infielder, and he didn't play much, and you assumed he wasn't going to play much outfield. I don't know what that does to chemistry. I don't know what that does um, to the team. But if you're just speaking on talent and track record, Harrison Bader, Placed on waivers by the Yankees. Stout line isn't great. 239, 275, 365 slugs, 640 OPS. 306 plate appearances, 7 homer, 16 steals. Doesn't walk. But if it's that A.J. Pollock role, he's hitting 348 with a 1.086 OPS against lefties. Killing lefties, right? It's what you wanted from Pollock. His outs above average 
95th percentile. That's a top-notch defensive outfielder and 86th percentile speed. So fast, great defense, hits lefties really well. Certainly like a perfect platoon partner with Jared Kelnick down the stretch. Um, if you needed to give Julio a rest, Bader, there's there's very little drop-off defensively with Bader coming in. Um would play a great role for the Mariners. He is not a major league regular. He does not hit righties. But if you're bringing him in for that role, that is certainly a talent upgrade over what you have. Again, I just don't know what that does to the group, the clubhouse, all those things, to see one of those guys like Canzone or Caballero go or be sent down um, to have a player like that. Hunter Renfro, uh, power-hitting right fielder, well, corner outfielder for the Angels was signed to a one-year, $12 million contract. He's a free agent in 24 as well. I should say Bader is also a free agent in 24. Uh, Renfro, 237, 300, 722 OPS, 500 plate appearances, 18 home runs, just under a 7 or 8% walk rate, 17th percentile outs above average, 3rd percentile speed. So big arm, slow lack of range um power is there a little bit but not great uh hits righties a little better this year uh Renfro is a stay away for me there's not really there is no upgrade going from whoever the Mariners have currently to Renfro and then Randall Gritchick who I've seen a lot of people um kind of pound the table for since he's been waived or since he was placed on waivers he is on the last year of a five-year contract He's a free agent in 24, 267, 322, 776 OPS. He was in Colorado for much of this season. 367 plate appearances, 12 home runs, 6.5% walk rate. Outs above average, 5th percentile. Speed, 53rd percentile. So a poor defensive outfielder with average speed. Uh, Not great against righties, 243 with a 692. OPS, but lefties, 330 with a 990 OPS. So he falls in the same category as Harrison Bader. Uh, Bader is a much better defender. I think Gritchick, you can say, has more power. Um, that's not necessarily how the season has played out, but, but Gritchick is a bigger power threat. Uh, both of those players would be an upgrade talent-wise in the present over um, what the Mariners have in that role or in that fourth outfielder role. I don't know if it's something you would want to do. I don't know if they would make make it to the Mariners in the waiver claim. So those are the players on waivers that the Mariners could potentially bring in. Again, I think the starting pitchers, Clevenger and Giolito, would, be, uh, would replace Brian Wu eventually as he hits his innings cap. The relievers, Jose Cisnero, uh, Matt Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, Dominic Leone, those guys would be would replace one of the back end relievers. So Weaver, Thornton, Campbell, Saucedo. I think with the exception of Cisnero, those would be uh talent upgrades. And that's obviously what um Jerry Depoto is always doing, is trying to upgrade talent on the margins. And then the outfielders uh would be lefty killers. You 
could do that replacing Marlowe if Kelnick was back. You could do that replacing Canzone if Kelnick was back. Um, are you doing something negative to the team if you are sending Marlowe or Canzone down? Do you care? Or they could replace Caballero um, and move Dylan Moore back into that utility infielder role. So those are the players placed on the waivers. Those are some of their numbers. I think those relievers in particular, uh, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dominic Leone, or Leone, there's tons of talent there. I would love to see one of those guys, Giolito as well. I don't think he's making it to the Mariners. So lastly, pitching matchup for today, this afternoon's game, 110 first pitch. Bryce Miller's going for the Mariners, 8-4 and four with a 390 ERA, 104 whip, 101.2 innings, 85 hits, 21 walks, 95 strikeouts, 5.1% walk rate, 23.3% K rate. Um, his splits are becoming a little bit more um, extreme. 261 average, 809 OPS surrendered to left-handed hitters. 189 average, 550 OPS against right-handed hitters. So again, like Brian Wu, I think we will see him come back a different pitcher against lefties next season. His last start was on the 25th against Kansas City at home. Four innings, six hits, three runs, one walk, six strikeouts. As I said uh, a couple of Mariners casts ago, I think he got a little unlucky in this start. I do want to see him throw more sinkers. He only threw six sinkers in 83 pitches against Kansas City. Uh, against the Astros, where he struck out 10 in five innings on the 18th, he threw 27 sinkers, 29 fastballs in 82 pitches. More effective when he threw more sinkers. Um, I like that pitch from him. Hopefully he throws it more uh, today against the A's. Zach Neal is the starter for the Athletics. He is 34 years old, right-handed starting pitcher. Big journeyman uh, drafted in the 17th round in 2010, and it's listed as the Florida Marlins, picking him. He is that old. Uh, it's now the Miami Marlins. He grew up in Texas, played, finished his college ball with the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, bounced around with the A's. So he signed a minor league contract with the A's in 13, the Dodgers in 18, traded to the Reds in 18, back to the Dodgers in 18, was a free agent at the end of 18, uh, signed with the Cebu Lions in Japan, came back in 22, minor league contract with the Rockies, then a minor league contract with the A's. So really bounced around a ton. Um, 17 innings this season, 6.88 ERA, 1.82 whip. Uh, I think the A's are just giving him a chance to live out his dream, if you want to call it that. Uh, there's no real reason for him to be up unless it's service time manipulation with keeping minor leaguers in the minors. Uh, sinker cutter, primarily sinker at 89, cutter at 86. Change up at 83, curveball at 70 miles an hour, and then he does have a fastball at 89 as well. So kitchen sink type of dude, five pitches, um, don't know how long he's going to go in this game, but it should be an interesting start from him. Um, he's only started one game out of the eight games that he's pitched for the for the A's, so I'm guessing they're going to be mostly bullpen Expect to see a couple of innings from Zach Neal. This is a game the Mariners should win. I understand Julio Rodriguez is not in the lineup, 
I don't care. This the Mariners, you've got a talented Bryce Miller starting for the Mariners against a 34-year-old journeyman. Um, the Mariners need to win this one. To me, this is an important game given the fact that they are tied in the standings with uh the Rangers and the Astros. Win a game without Julio, get him back, have some momentum going into uh New York to face the Mets for three three games. So Again, Mariners have a day off tomorrow. I'm not sure uh, what the Mariners cast will hold. Friday, we'll do our Mets preview. Um, we'll see how tonight's game, if tonight's game uh, elicits any kind of crazy emotional reaction, then it'll be that. Uh, otherwise, we will see if there's any sort of waiver news. Um, if there's minor league stuff to go through, I'd love to talk a bit about the Loe Modesto team. If I have time, we will do that. Thank you for listening to today's Mariners cast from Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners. E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Enjoy the Wednesday afternoon game. Go Bryce Miller. We will talk to you tomorrow. Peace.